Hi, this is Ryan Berg, a research fellow in Latin America Studies at the American Enterprise Institute, and I'm with Eric Farnsworth of the America Society, Council of the Americas. We're here today to talk about uh, China's hunger for seafood and what it means for Latin America. The setting for this issue is that uh, beginning in last, uh, last summer, uh, there was a Chinese distant water fishing fleet of about 300 to 350 vessels, which spent a real eye-popping uh, 73,000 hours fishing off of sensitive ecological waters like the Galapagos. Now, this wasn't necessarily a Chinese uh, reprise of the voyage of the HMS Beagle. It was a far more um, uh, deliberate attempt to plunder uh, waters off of Latin America's coast. And this is a big issue for Ecuador, Peru, and Chile. Eric, what do you think some of the major uh, policy options for Latin American countries are when faced with this kind of threat from the Chinese? Ryan, it's terrific to join you. And I really want to congratulate you for raising these issues in such a serious and significant and timely manner. Um, these issues are not going to go away. They're only going to get more uh, interesting uh, and intense as we go forward. And I think uh, you've hit on uh, the tough issue right from the very beginning. What are the tools available for democracies in the Western Hemisphere, including the ones you've uh, named, but also you could add countries in Central America, Mexico, uh, certainly the United States and Canada, all countries that share a West Coast. Um, you know, what are the tools available? And they're really quite limited unless you want to start throwing naval assets out into the Pacific to try to deter, you know, Chinese fishing vessels. And uh, at least for the moment, nobody's suggesting anything like that. Um, so you really have to name and shame in some ways. You have to highlight and expose what's happening uh, to the extent any activities are illegal. Uh, those need to be named and perhaps a judicial process uh, uh, put underway. But, you know, I wonder, and I'd like to hear your views on this, too, because, you know, you really follow these issues quite closely. I, I wonder if there isn't an economic agenda that could be worked here in the context of maybe the trade agenda through APEC, uh, the Pacific Alliance in the Western Hemisphere, maybe the TPP, if the Biden administration uh, goes forward to try to rejoin that. And clearly the idea of Chinese investments in port facilities, for example, in Peru, uh, but other countries uh, on the Western Hemisphere, you have to think that countries in their own self-interest might take a new look at this, no? Yeah, that's a great point. Uh, there, there really isn't a, a, a perfect you know, remedy or policy solution to this issue. Chinese distant water fleets are, are nothing new. Uh, we've seen them off the, the coast of Africa for a long time uh, doing, doing what they do. Hundreds of fleets uh, the Chinese uh, fleet around the world is estimated to be uh, something like 17,000 uh, ships, uh, largely uh, expanded because of uh, really significant uh, uh, subsidies on the, on the domestic level. But in terms of the trade deals, you know, the, there needs to be some sort of standardization, some sort of recognition uh, of when fishing has been done um, in another country's exclusive economic zone or when fishing is has been done in, in an illegal uh, unreported or, or unregulated manner, what's called IUU fishing. Uh, if, if standards uh, and, and uh, standardization uh, of regulations is one of the things that we're really looking for uh, in trade deals, then that's something that we, uh, we should expect trade deals involving uh, countries in South America and the United States uh, uh, to look at. Another thing is that the United States, uh, in addition to the EU and Japan, uh, comprise a, a large chunk of the world's seafood market. And so standardization opportunities uh, exist there as well uh, in mutual trade agreements. 
Yeah, you know, these are all great ideas. And, and you wonder if, uh, you know, through existing trade agreements, but also prospective trade agreements, the environmental agenda isn't uh, really something that could be utilized here. You know, through the USMCA, US-Mexico-Canada agreement, uh, environmental provisions were brought into the basic text of the agreement uh, in the bilateral trade agreement that the U.S. has with Peru. Um, environmental considerations are clearly part of that, and I think this is this is where the agenda is going in global trade. You know, the interesting part, though, is those trade agreements are with North America. Uh, there's a concern of Europe, etc., but they don't uh, currently uh, exist with China. China isn't a party to any of these agreements, so. I mean, I guess that's the question. How do you move forward in a way that you incorporate uh, these obligations for the Chinese, particularly if they're not even a party to the agreements? That's why I come back to the APEC scenario where China is clearly an important player. Absolutely. And I, I think the naming and shaming bit that you mentioned earlier is, is quite important as well. I think you know China does care about its international reputation. And so getting uh, regional diplomacy in order and in, in, in building a, a regional block that is going to name and shame Chinese distant water fleets could also uh, go a long way. Now, be before we wrap up here, uh, one of the, the previous things that you mentioned was also uh, putting naval power, putting ships out at sea to try to monitor, deter, and surveil. Uh, one of the things that the U.S. Coast Guard has announced uh, in September of this year is, is just that sort of thing, uh, and they did it uh, in conjunction with the Ecuadorian Navy. Um, on August 7th, they, they sent uh, a coordinating vessel out there uh, to be able to monitor Chinese fleets. And so this is something uh, to keep an eye on in the future as well as, you know, how, much, how many resources are we going to uh, expend surveilling and monitoring these kinds of fleets? Great talking to you, Ryan. Thanks, Eric.